Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And, and you're, you're about, about to get, get jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 122 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Soul Eater episodes 48 through 51, where Asura takes a shot at Lord Death, Soul locks himself inside himself, and Maka punches insanity to death. Well, if you're ever up against insanity, the answer is always to punch your way out. It's much like when you get trapped inside of a paper bag. Depending on how thick the outside of the paper bag is, you can usually punch your way out. And if you're really in a bind, that's what teeth are for. Let's jump in. Well, and if anybody knows about getting trapped in paper bags, it's it's you. Why would that be a thing? Whatever. Let's jump in. <laughs> you said it. Why? Why would I be? Whatever. Um. So hey, everybody. Um. Welcome back. Uh. A couple things. Uh. To check out just real quick if you're interested in them. Um. So first and foremost, uh, we have a new patron only episode that is out. Um. We are following Bleach, which is super exciting. Um. And that's what the patrons voted for, and that's what we're giving out. Um. This. Uh. It will be out by the time we uh, release this episode this Friday. Um, also, uh, happy 4th of July if you're living in America and also celebrate 4th of July. Um, if you are in a different country, um, then happy Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) Snailed it. Um, anyways, uh, the... The other stuff uh, we wanted to mention as well is our live episode is up on YouTube as well. Um, our YouTube channel now has tens of views. Um, so super exciting. Um, so this is, uh, it is to be it specific. Is, this is a an episode that's only on YouTube. So if if you want to hear us correct. talk about the first Naruto Shippuden movie, you have to go there. Yeah, you have to go to there. Um, and, uh, the final thing and super important to this episode that we are covering, this is our last episode of coverage of soul eater, um, which is very bittersweet. Um, it's bitter because I love this show so much. Um, and it's sweet because we get to vote on the next show that we're going to be covering. Um, there is currently a tie, um, between Kill a Kill and Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, so if you have some, uh, thoughts about what you would like to win the next, uh, show that we cover in our normal coverage, that's going to be replacing Soul Eater, you need to vote. Um, in order to do that, it's posted on Twitter and it's posted on Reddit, uh, so you can find them there. Um, yeah, the voting page is our patreon page but uh those twitter and reddit links will link you to that page yeah Um, the nice thing about it is that you you don't you don't have to be uh in you know a patreon patron of our show to vote on it um but you do you do need to go there to vote on it yeah although if you are a patron and you want to throw your weight around you know feel free to let us know yeah for real Uh, Um, also yeah i I don't know if they voted yet, but somebody commented on the poll on Reddit. So we'll have to see if they voted. And if not, we can 
maybe count that. I don't know how how stringent you want to be on people voting on that, but I also haven't voted, uh, and I am voting for one of those two shows. So, yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be seeing to you know throw the weight around there, like you know put our put our thumbs on the scale at the very end. <laughs> I mean, we've always gotten to pick, <laughs> but we've always voted too. I voted every time. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. We do we do get a vote. But our um, votes matter just as much as yours unless you choose wrong, in which case all voting is invalidated. Just like America. Happy 4th of July. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um so um I don't know, man. I I have such mixed feelings about covering these last episodes of Soul Eater. <laughs> and also I don't have anything else to talk about inside of the anime world because I I had just the longest week before this and I was like we we watched the Naruto movie and then it <laughs> took a lot out of me, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> You're just done. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, do I want to watch more anime over the weekend? No. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's uh, one of those things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say as well, we, we did watch like Bleach last week and our coverage episodes last week and then the Naruto episodes or the Naruto movie. And I had this moment where I was just like, is anime a job now for me? <laughs> Yes. Well, I will say I this was something I commented on to Pete as well was like last week. Not that the podcast keeps us super busy because ultimately there's not a lot of work to do that goes into it uh, as far as like filling up, you know, an eight hour day or something like that. But, uh, you know, it, we take the time to watch the episodes we put together. You know, I put together the notes. I know, Spencer, you do a lot of research and stuff like that. So it's not negligible, but it's not like, you know, dragging us down by the necks. Uh, that said, uh, I did comment to Pete that uh, I think last week had been a very busy week for the podcast because we ended up recording like two episodes or something in addition to mm. the live episode in in a seven or ten day span or something. Usually we only record one a week and we watch the episodes for that, but we were we were kind of double and tripling up for that. So it was a lot uh, for one week compared to what we're used to. And I was definitely feeling burned out too. I usually uh, in the last couple of weeks have been really trying to like watch an episode a day and I didn't watch any of these until today. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I also was just sort of dreading watching the end of soul leader. It, it actually just, just made me sad to watch the end of it. Like I, I just, I want more of the show so badly and I I have I I will admit to getting to the end of this show and then um realizing that I was still so far behind on Fire Force um <laughs> and that I need to get back into it but at the same time um Fire Force has like an end that is in sight of it and i don't know i really want to hear from people and see how they feel about like that existential dread of knowing the exact number of episodes of a show because like one of the things about it is like you know that it's coming to an end 
And it used to be one of those things, like when I was watching, um, like, for example, Bleach, when I was watching it for the first time, I wasn't looking ahead. I wasn't like thinking to look how many episodes that I was going to be binging through until I got to the very end of it. And then it was it was basically just all open for me at the same time. So I was just like, yeah, I can just keep on going through these. And I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's also that syndrome of like, I I know how many pizza pieces of pizza are in this pizza. <laughs> it's like it's like should I savor this one or is it just like you know I'm not gonna eat a whole pizza and then by the time you end up saying it you're just like I have eaten a whole pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, uh, we we actually mentioned this on a recent episode, although it might have been our patrons only episode, so I'm not sure if all of you guys have heard it. But uh, Spencer, you are. Uh, you're a binger of content, whereas I uh, tend to pick at and drag things out. And I think I think part of the reason I drag things out is that dread of something I'm enjoying being over. Uh, part of it is just that I grew up with network television and getting to see one episode a week and watching, you know, four different things every night or more. So I enjoy that and I like to pick at things and not not dive too much into something and I get bored. But part of it is like, if I'm watching a lot of things all at once, I can enjoy a lot of things all at once and I can enjoy them forever because it will take me forever to finish it. Like Mm -hmm. forever. So it's good news, bad news, because a lot of the times uh, when I start something, I won't even finish like the first season for like a year or more after I start it. Uh, usually shows come out faster than I can watch them. Like the the yearly season cycle is faster than I can keep up with at the pace that I watch things, which is not actually that fast. I don't watch there. There are many days in a week where I don't watch anything on my list. Uh, but when I do, you know, I have so much on my list, not to even mention the actual list of things I haven't started watching yet that I want to, that I can't keep up with it. But I, I definitely think part of that is, dragging it out and i've actually seen that a lot now that we have a switch i've seen that a lot in a couple of games on the switch uh one of them is breath of the wild which is a fantastic game that i have played many many hours of and i am nowhere near getting done because whenever there's an objective and the game tells me to go here i will go everywhere else because if i go there then it's over sooner and i don't want that because i'm having too much fun And uh, Mm. I actually strangely did that with the new Pokemon games as well, because the wild area has to a varying degree, a lot of replay value. You can spend a lot of time wandering around it and there are raids. uh, There will be new raids if you finish your last one. And so you can just stay in the wild area forever. There was a, there was a day like a couple of weeks after we got Pokemon when I spent like six straight hours just in the wild area wandering around and fighting pokemon and doing raids and i had like three or four badges and i was like well i'll get to the badges after i'm done with the wild area and i just never was and i think part of that was just like i'm enjoying what i'm doing and when a game is over there's nothing new to discover uh end game content has just never grabbed me and so i tend to drag it out and i think i do that with shows as well and uh, there's a lot of that going on today yeah yeah anyways um so uh gonna go ahead and uh get into these episodes so blake remind us what previously happened on soul eater 
Well, Soul Eater is a series about a group of people going to a school called the DWMA. It's the, I think it stands for Demon Weapon Meisters Academy. It's kind of like Hogwarts in that it is training a select group of people to use the special skills of this world. In this world, uh, the special skills come in the form of a team of characters. One character will be the uh, Meister, and the other character is the Weapon. The Weapon is a person that can literally turn their body into a weapon, so they can become a scythe or a sword or guns, that kind of thing, and the Meister wields them. And their partnership is important because uh, the soul wavelength needs to resonate, and that basically means they need to be in sync. Uh, if they're not in sync, the Meister will not be able to use the weapon, so weapons can't be used by just anybody. Uh, and the more in sync they are, the more powerful they will be. Uh, the DWMA trains the characters to become more in sync and more powerful, uh, but it also serves as a kind of a peacekeeping organization. So while they're training, they're also embarking on important missions. Um, And usually these missions involve them fighting people who in the series are called Kishin, but that's that's also in these episodes going to be a more specific thing. Uh, In general, Kishin are people who have become demons because they have done enough bad things. Uh, And specifically, when you kill somebody, there's a little glowing orb that is their soul that's left over, and you can eat them to gain power. And if you eat people's souls, you become a bad person, and your soul is corrupted into a Kishin soul. So you're basically a demon person. So the DWMA students will go around killing these Kishin people and eating their souls, because when they eat the souls, uh, specifically when the weapons eat the souls, they become stronger and because they are eating demon souls, it's not corrupting in the way that it would be if they were eating innocent human souls. There's another type of soul called a witch's soul, and the witches are very powerful magic users who are antagonistic with the DWMA and its students. And if you uh, kill enough Kishin and then eat a witch's soul, you can become what's called a death scythe, which is the strongest weapon uh, type that there is. Um, the headmaster of the DWMA is Lord Death. He's literally the Grim Reaper. And um, he is unfortunately chained to Death City, which is the location of the DWMA. Um, so he that's one of the reasons I think that they send the students and professors out on missions, because he can't go himself. The main students that we have been following from the beginning are uh, Death the Kid, which is Lord Death's son. Uh, he is, of course, a Shinigami, uh, or a god of death, or a Grim Reaper uh, as well. And so he's a little different than a human, but he looks like a human. Uh, he also has a problem where he is very sort of stereotypically OCD, not necessarily accurate to the real world OCD, where he wants everything to be perfectly symmetrical. As such, instead of wielding one weapon, he wields two weapons, a, a pair of sisters called Liz and Patty, who can turn themselves into identical guns. They are partnered with a kid named Blackstar, who is an awesome, super conceited ninja who thinks that uh, he is always the center of attention and is destined to supersede God as the most powerful in the universe. His weapon is a girl named Tsubaki, 
she has a an atypical ability for a weapon as well, which is that she can turn herself into a variety of ninja tools, such as swords and shurikens and smoke bombs, rather than just one thing. The two of them and their weapons are awesome characters in their own right, but the main, main character is a girl named Maka, who's a very headstrong and studious girl, who is partnered with a sl- somewhat of a slacker kid named Soul. Uh, Soul is able to turn himself into a giant scythe. Maka also is the daughter of the uh, Lord Death's current death scythe. Um, so she is the daughter of a human and a weapon. And that's a little special and atypical. But she is the Meister. Soul is the weapon. And um, in the past, they had an altercation. There was a witch that was trying to power up characters using black blood. The black blood made them much stronger, but also corrupted them. Some of the black blood got into Soul, and there is this little ogre that lives inside of Soul and tries to tempt him to give in to madness uh, in moments when he is trying to resonate with Maka and achieve greater power. And this is kind of an internal struggle that has come up over and over again and will come up today as well. Um, Finally, there is what we're going to be calling the Kishin today, which is a little different than the demonic people who've devoured souls. This Kishin is basically like an ancient evil demon. Uh, this is a guy named Asura. He is the, uh, what I get the impression he is the OG demon person. He made himself into a demon back way, way, way back in the past. And uh, he became um, power mad and literally crazy and started just going around and spreading his his madness around him. Lord Death and their other allies at the time decided that that was not acceptable. They fought him, they defeated him, they locked him away in a bag made of his own skin so that he could not escape again. However, some time ago, uh, the witches uh, hatched a plan to unleash him. Since then, his madness has been slowly spreading throughout the world. Recently... They unveiled a couple of machines to uh, enhance his madness and cause the world to go crazy faster. Uh, And that has brought us into the final confrontation that's been going on for a little while now. Um, At the very end of our last episode's coverage, Lord Death used a powerful magical tool to turn Death City into a giant mech. So that while he is still tied to Death City, he can move the city around and get involved. He was able to fight in the battle and break into the enemy fortress and steal Asura out of it. And then he swallowed Asura into Death City. And Asura is going to find himself in Lord Death's chambers, facing off against Lord Death at the start of episode 48. Okay. So episode 48, Lord Death wields a death scythe just one step from utter darkness um this episode uh it's it's really just about uh asura and lord death just going toe to toe um it's it's also (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna learn some things about asura inside of these episodes which is he knows a special technique that we are used to from a different show called talk no jutsu (laughs) That's true. Alsara is going to just like wax poetical so many times in so many of these episodes. Yeah, he's a real chatty like... Kathy. <laughs> he's just, 
he has so many times where he's just like when he just when he just talks about imagination inside of this episode and i was just like death just just kill him just just <laughs> kill him just oh my god shut up <laughs> Yeah, this this episode is a bad episode for radio or podcasts because uh, it's just one big fight. But uh, there is this this exchange of ideals uh, that Asura attempts to make. And basically, Asura is an embodiment of insanity and an embodiment of fear. And basically fear driving you insane and going insane from fear and all of that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, you wrapped me up in a bag of my own skin and trapped me for thousands of years. And all I had to do during that time was think. And the conclusion I came to is that imagination is the problem. And this is, it, it's an interesting argument that I don't think gets developed very far and then basically gets dropped. But essentially he claims that people become afraid because they have the ability to imagine what could go wrong. And if it weren't for that, everything would be okay. And Lord death is like one, that's stupid Two, This is what you came up with for thousands of years. Are you kidding me? Three, (laughs) are you trying to do away with imagination? And Oscar's like, no, I want to make everybody crazy because when you're crazy, you can't be afraid of the things you imagine because you're too busy being crazy. <laughs> and that's like his whole yeah. plan. So he's like, he's like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, don't, don't, uh, I have this plan. Uh, step one, drive everybody crazy. <laughs> step three. <laughs> <laughs> like He's just, he's skipping the middle ground and just going to like, everybody's fine now. And it's yeah. just like, no, 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 we need we need step two. Please come up with step two. And he's just like, there is no step two. Step one is the only step. And yeah. it's just like that's that's not that's not gonna work for the rest of the world, man. I think, um so um, death is like, I'm gonna try to just kill you real quick. <laughs> yeah, I think what they're trying to do here, and this is actually this is pretty common in a lot of stories and you'll see this in a lot of anime as well which is they they try and humanize the villain and they try and give the villain a motive based off of altruism and this in general is a good idea if you're interested in storytelling for whatever reason usually villains are more interesting if we can empathize with them Basically, if we can understand their point of view, yeah, even look if we to don't agree Thanos, with it, we can see where they're coming way. from. And uh, importantly, yeah. villains should not think that they are villains. That is usually true. Uh, you every once in a while can get away with a character who is evil for the sake of evil, or is you know the embodiment of evil or whatever. But more, you know, there's a reason that that characters like that don't frequently appear outside of like Power Rangers and stuff because it's not that interesting uh, and it's not very compelling. And when you're a kid, all you need is a bad guy that the heroes can punch. But as you get older, if the bad guy doesn't really have much going on other than just being bad, it's just not that interesting. And I yeah. think that's what they're going for. And I think they mm-hmm. don't quite get it because there's this other thing that happens with anime specifically, which is anime have a tendency to, when they are ending, 
shit the bed philosophically. <laughs> they yeah. just, they're like, it's time to just do a big philosophy dump. And it often comes a little bit out of left field and doesn't make complete sense or connect logically all of the dots and just doesn't always work. And I think it works better here than in a lot of examples, but like, this is that. Like, it is the end being obscured by random philosophy coming out at the 11th hour and kind of fitting. Yeah, you've seen the end of Ava, right? Uh, technically, yes. Which is to say, I okay. watched it and I don't remember anything because it didn't make any goddamn sense whatsoever. Yes. So, when... Well, it does, but also, um, <laughs> it's 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 one of those things that I I imagined like this was heavily inspired by, um, because uh, it it goes into existential dread, hell, um, like a, a brain hellscape where like the world is being recreated from something and nothing at the same time. Um, it 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 works better in Ava mostly because Evangelion has a kind of uh their the world that they're creating has like this um not only like biblical bad backdrop but also this um creationist backdrop to it um where like the the world was started by these two things and so it it takes it down to its most basic form which is just like the first of thoughts and the first of creation and the first of like all of these things you know basics of light and basics of sound and all this kind of stuff right this show also does weird shit like that but it is so out of left field in comparison to the other episodes of the show <laughs> yeah it's it's, it's a bit just, of a swerve there's so many moments where it's just like all of a sudden we're like going like super deep into phil- like philosophical things and you're just like i was not ready to take this exam yet from the <laughs> pages we've been studying so far <laughs> but i again i will so. say i think it works for the most part but it is such a trope of this kind of show this kind of anime where they're just like this show needs to have like a really deep philosophical meaning. So let's cram it all in the last episodes suddenly, which again, storytelling advice, you should weave the theme throughout. (laughs) It's not really happening here, but anyway, they're going to fight and it's not going to go well. Yeah, mostly because uh, Asura is just like, you expect me to get in a fight with just you? No, 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 no. I'm going to use Joker logic here, and I'm just going to shoot at people that you love to get you distracted from going head-to-head. Because Asura is like, if I go head-to-head with you, I know what happens. I get trapped in a skin bag again. Um, So he uh, distracts uh, Death by shooting around and then makes Death have to jump in the way in order to stop his son from being killed. This uh, yeah, looks his son like who should not death, have been there in the and... first fucking place. <laughs> yeah, like, I know. Why is he there? Anyways, several whatever. characters were there when they brought Osira into the room, so I get why they were there. But they all just hung out like they should have left immediately. 
And also, Lord Death should have been, y'all need to get out. Like, this should have been covered already, but they just were ignored until Asura decided to make it a thing in the most inevitable turn of events ever. It's just like, come on, man. Don't let your son hang out if you're trying to kill the ultimate evil in that same room. Yeah. Um, so Asura escapes, goes back to um, Castle Arachne. Um, Arachne's just like, hey, baby, welcome back home. And Asura is just like, that's great and all, but also, let me just eat you real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So he's going to consume her yep. witch's Anyways. soul, and that's going to be our cliffhanger taking us into episode 49. Yeah, episode 49, uh, Asura Wakes, The End of the World. Um, This is a great episode, um, mostly because it just is a great build episode. Um, And that, that to say the, the next episode after this is going to be the, the, start of the final battle and then the last episode is going to be the you know the the final final battle right but this one has a a lot it has a lot of moments inside of it where you're just kind of like testing everybody's metal and i really appreciate that inside of this anime um it plays around with like how far everybody can can push themselves and uh, how far they can go alone before they have to team up. And it's it it is unfortunately not a great episode for podcasting because yeah. it is one of those where it's just like the plot of it is to build up to the next fight. Um, but it is one of those episodes where you should absolutely watch it. It is. It is fantastic to see them growing together to fight this final evil, um, and it, it gives a lot of uh, good, quick tête-à-tête fights. Um, yeah, it's at the, good the very fight choreography of. mixed with uh, very high-quality animation, so it's all good stuff for for fighting. And mm-hmm. basically, all you need to know is that Asura, because he ate this witch's soul, begins to transform and. For his transformation, he starts to put a barrier up around himself that no one will be able to enter. Maka, Blackstar, Death the Kid all rush inside the barrier before they get shut out. So they are the only three who can fight him and stop him before he transforms. And Mm -hmm. uh, we're led to believe that his transformation will be, it will make him too strong to stop. So this is super important. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, Soul has shown several times the ability to Uh, He has, like, a piano in his side him. That sounds weird. (laughs) There's a sort of, like, uh, visualization. There's a piano inside me. Shut up, Billy Joel. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He's able to play the piano in his soul. Basically, like, you know... in the anime, you're able to kind of like your your soul can be visualized as a room in which you are able to interact with things. And in his room, he wears a nice suit and he plays piano. And in the past, they the three of them and their weapons have used this as a means to synchronize themselves with each other. And because of the black blood, soul is able to boost his own power. And because he is kind of 
the conductor of this symphony, it allows everybody to boost their power. They are all super in sync and they are all at their the height of their strength. But uh, the Black Blood is treacherous and the Black Blood is not trying to make him stronger. It's trying to make him uh, focused on something else so that it can take over him. And so this is kind of a, a devil's bargain. Yeah. So this takes us up in, into episode 50. Um, this one is called Sink or Swim, The Men Who Transcend the Gods. Um, this episode is fantastic. And the reason why is you get to have two of my favorite characters in the entire show get to just be unmitigatedly badass as much as they want to be. Yeah, so I know it's it's gonna be it's those gonna be characters not being good. Black Star and then also Black Star again. <laughs> yes, um, <laughs> but the biggest problem with it is that Asura is just un unbelievably powerful. <laughs> like they do so many cool things in this fight. Like Death the Kid uses his like super powerful cannon technique and he can't fully charge it before he gets knocked down by Asura. And then he like comes back even more powerful and uses another super powerful technique. Yeah, um, and I think Black's- he comes back because he's a Shinigami. I think he would otherwise have been killed. Yeah. And then you have Black Star who is using just like his max potential fighting techniques with his shadow yeah, this blade. Is- this is probably peak Black Star, and it was great. Yeah. And so there's this just amazing fight choreography, and then you get to the end of it, and they're just not, <laughs> it just doesn't do anything. Like, yeah, the, the fight uh, is, it's about them not being able to hurt Asura, and then they kick it into high gear, and they do hurt Asura to the point that they kill him, except for like a strip of skin. Except he's Asura, and so it was not true, or he regenerated it, or something. And, like, he's back and fine, and they are, like, taxed completely. Yeah. Um, Also, uh, we had the absolute pleasure to interview Brittany Karbowski, who does Mm -hmm. the voice of Black Star in the show. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was... To me, I haven't listened back to it and compared it to other interviews yet, but when I was doing the interview, I felt that more than other interviews we had done, I was having trouble coming up with questions because I was starstruck because I like Black Star so much. She was also exceedingly charming, and so that helped to disarm me, and I was already kind of starstruck. So I felt like I really struggled when interviewing her to come up with like meaningful things to say. But uh, she was awesome, and God, she gives such a good performance in these episodes. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I would argue that I haven't seen a bad uh, performance of uh, Black Star as a character in both the dub and the sub. The, yeah, and the, the dub sub, is pretty well done here, just in general, like across the board. Yeah, the, I I liked the I liked the dub a lot, um, but I I will say I. I love the voice actor that does uh, the this subversion of Maka so much. Um, the the subversion of Maka, the the original Japanese actor, is just there's so many heart wrenching like twists and turns for this character, um, and it is just 
it's just beautiful the way that's acted, which is going to it's going to take us to the next huge plot point, which is that Maka is going to have to retrieve soul as his true self from himself. Yeah, I um, really he, like this sequence. Yeah, so he he is he is trapped inside of this black room. Um, he has put himself inside of this um, because he has succumbed to the black blood that is inside of him. Um, this black blood is causing him to seep into madness and to like sort of concede to it um, in order to gain more power. Um, but it turns out the only thing that he really needed to do in order to gain true power is show his like true self Tamaka. And he has this like very delicate moment where he's ta- he takes out like a, a little box to show himself to Maka. It's, it's just kind of, I don't know. I, I really, I I thought this was a really beautiful metaphor. This is, but, but that's not soul. Like the character showing her the box isn't soul. Well, yeah, but also, (laughs) hold on. Wait a minute. I'm lost here. (laughs) So at the end of the previous episode, soul is, uh, is, um, like finally the little ogre that lives inside of him grabs him. And that's the reason he stops playing and, and falls unconscious in the real world because he, uh-huh. has been finally attacked by this demon inside of him. And Maka goes to, to retrieve him and wake him up. And she, she meets him in this room holding this lockbox. But the, the him that's holding the lockbox is the demon transformed to look like him. And he is trying to trick her into opening it because he says that the lockbox is his courage. And he has lost his courage because he was relying on the black blood. But in reality, the lockbox is something that the real soul created to protect himself from the black blood. He has sealed himself away in this tiny box inside of himself because he does, he realized that that was the only way to stop the black blood from consuming him entirely. And now the black blood masquerading as him is trying to trick her into letting it have him. And so she shows up in this room and the the character we think is soul closes the door behind her and is like, Hey, I'm so glad you came to, to get me. I'm like, you saved me. Um, but we're locked in here because, uh, because of what's going on in my soul. And so the only way to get us out is to unlock this lockbox. And again, in the lockbox is the real soul and the black blood posing as him is trying to trick her so that it can get to him because he stopped it from getting him. Uh, And she has the key to unlock the box. I don't know exactly why, but she does. And the, the black blood posing as soul is like the door is closed. It closed after you came in here and we can't open it until we open this lock box. And that, as far as I know is true. And in the box, we see soul crying out to her and saying like, don't listen to him. He's lying to you. This isn't my courage. It's me. And I'm not trapped in here. I'm protecting myself in here. And Maka decides that she's going to open the lock box, even though she reveals that she understands that the ogre 
or that that soul is not really the real soul. And she explains that it's because one, he's not acting like himself, but two, he closed the door after she came in here. And if he knew that the door closing wasn't, was going to cause it not to be able to be opened and that they would be trapped in there, there's no way the real soul would allow her to come in there without warning her first. So she reveals that she knows what he's trying to do, but she's going to open the box anyway. And she does this because she asks him these questions, uh, which actually frustrates him. And she, he's like, just open it or give me the key and I'll open it. And she, she prevents him from taking the key and he reveals that he is the ogre after she confronts him about it. And then she's like, I have one more question for you. Is soul really in here? And he says, yes. She's like, so I'm going to open it, but I'm not going to let you have him. And then she does. And she flashes through all these scenes uh, that we've seen in the show that are basically uh, soul's recent memories before finding him. And then she wraps him in an embrace. And then they are both covered with the black blood, but she has a, uh, like an anti-demon wavelength and that breaks Mm -hmm. through the black blood and frees both of them and leaves the ogre essentially powerless and trapped inside of soul. Yeah. But here's, here's my thing that, that I was taking away from this because like, I, I know all this occurred, but when I watched this, I always thought it was less that he was having a, he was he was actually taken over by a demon that is the black blood and it's more so that the black blood activates a part of himself that it shouldn't be himself or is inside of everybody and that's why the ogre is left over at the end so like that she is willing sense. to go in yeah she is willing to go inside of himself which is the darkest part of himself which is the madness which has been activated by asura in order to get soul back to normal, even though a part of himself can slip into madness, which is what I took away from it, which is like, this actually is his, his like bravery, which is inside of it. Then it needs to be fostered okay. by Maka. Yeah. I'm just I saying see that there are different I'm... ways to see it. <laughs> well, to me, it sounded like you were like, this is soul. And I was like, it's not, though. It's it this, is like, evil little thing that lives in him. But I see what you're saying. Yeah, but that is, is that, like, soul. That's a part of him. Yeah, that's, yes. Uh, yeah, that is uh, maybe, like, a very slightly more metaphorical reading. But I think you're actually really right, because that fits with kind of the themes in these episodes and some of the stuff that they're going to Look at the, the final episode, man. Huh? <laughs> like... It makes complete sense with the next episode and how the yeah. show culminates. It's it just does. like it, everybody it, is crazy and everybody has the the ability to be crazy or the ability to stand up against darkness. Yeah. And it, it is it inside sense. of everybody to do it. Right. Anyway. And so I like <laughs> that idea. Wake that, up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the idea that the little ogre was in him, but maybe not like its own creature until the black blood got in him, but that it's not like completely mm. separate from him. It's just a part of him that's been stirred. Uh, and that makes yeah. sense. When and he I, swallows it, I, it's like taking ownership of the darkness inside of him so that he can move past it. 
Yeah, and I definitely registered it as the same sort of thing that was inside of Stein. Like, Stein has a little version, like a young version of himself living inside of his body. Um, or like inside of his soul that he is reacting to that has like this madness part of himself um, as the older version of himself. So he has the innocent younger version of himself and the older version of himself that is slipping into madness. And so you always have this like duality inside of these people's souls where it's just like it's going to be given as one is insanity or like one is fear and the other one is bravery. One is um, madness and the other one is rationality. So it's like this, this, you know, fight inside of yourself to gain control of your own, uh, your own, uh, I guess like path forward um, for the way that your soul and brain is going to work. Yeah. I like, anyway, I think let's go into episode 51. And it's the last episode. Okay. Uh-oh. All right. Yeah. The episode is The Word is Bravery. Um, and uh, Maka and Sol are going to do some things that seem like they're going to defeat Asura. And they're going to do jack shit. Um, so first and foremost, they are going to use this big 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 ass technique um which is uh it's like i think she calls it doesn't she call it the kinshin hunter or the kinshin hunter kinshin hunter um where it's it's just a gigantic version of uh witch hunter um and it goes into asura and asura is just like that would be great if i was evil but i'm not evil i am a part of everything in every life um, and which is these the ability that which is fear and madness. Um, and so he breaks it off and he knocks them away, and then he just pulverizes Maka into the ground. Oh, it's brutal. Yeah, he, he uh, he is gonna do curb stomp battle against them, and then he's gonna ultimately fire his big mouth blast. That sounds great. He's gonna fire his big mouth blast at <laughs> Maka to try and kill her. Mm-hmm. Soul is going to intercede, um, and uh, it's not going to really help anything, though. Uh, Soul and Maka both go down. Um, Maka is unconscious, uh, but as we've learned from watching anime, something happens for main characters who need plot armor when they're almost unconscious, which is they activate new abilities. <laughs> Yeah, so Maka, if you'll remember from my previously on that I conspicuously mentioned, has her father is a death scythe. He's a very powerful weapon. So she manifests the ability to turn parts of her body into a weapon and starts fighting Asura as her own weapon and holding her own. Also, it gives her some sort of generic protection against his attacks. Um, yeah um the big i the key moment here is that like asura realizes that she has basically caused herself to go into a sort of trance-like unconsciousness where she is instinctively battling him as a mm -hmm. way to avoid his madness and i think to just like be able to confront him yeah i 
I especially love the moment where um, where Asura is taken aback, but he realizes that what he needs to do is just push through things that should be able to stop him in order to bring her back to reality. And he slams her against the ground and he is sliced into a hundred different ways by the blades that come out of her body when she's slammed into the ground. And through this, he just continues to snap her back into reality. And when literally he does by this, her, her oh yeah, and it is going to uh, break apart everything that she has used as like a metaphorical, you know, blades as a barrier to keep herself safe from Asura. Um, Asura is then going to have a uh, um, what's the what's the best word for this here? Um, he's gonna. He's going to (laughs) talk. It's the most powerful jutsu. He's just going to have a whole conversation about how the world needs to go insane and that it's going to be better this way. And uh, nobody's able to stand up to him. The conversation in this episode works better than the one in episode 48 versus Lord Death. One, Mm -hmm. because the imagination thing didn't make a lot of sense and it does not come back here. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Two, because his point, and it, this came up earlier when she tried to attack him, her attack dispels all evil. And he was like, that doesn't work on me because madness isn't evil. Everybody is has a little bit of craziness inside of them. And mm-hmm. it's not an inherently evil thing. And so you can't dispel me like evil. And so he is going to basically double down on that and be like, this is... This is something that everybody has, and I just want to, like, you know, push it to its limits and and make it the the big thing. And I don't know. I think it works pretty well here. Yeah, but this also um, gives Maka the final key to this battle, which is that if he is the embodiment of fear and madness. She needs to be the embodiment of bravery and rationality. And so what she does is that she comes up with the fact that she's just like, okay, if he's not able to be stopped by all of this stuff that we have learned in order to fight evil because he is not evil, we just need to confront him with the opposite of what he is, which is her running completely fearlessly past all his attacks past all his gigantic smashing brick moments, um, these like whips that he keeps on sending out from himself that are made up of the bandages around his body. Um, He's like destroying the world around her. And through this, she's running fearlessly at him. And what she does, he's like, there's nothing you can do to stop me. And she's just like, what I can do is put all this, all of my bravery into my fist and punch you to wake you up. And she just punches the Christ out of him. <laughs> just yeah, like, it's a hefty she, punch. There is she, weight to this thing. She just smashes him in the face. His face just like bends in on itself. And then you see like, the the like uh the impact rick like pressure come back to the back of his head and then he like snaps back and his like his weapons start to fall away and he's just like ha that didn't do anything and then there's the best shot in all of soul eater so which good. is him staring at maka and then all of a sudden the image cracks 
um, like you're looking through a uh, like a, a a window pane, and like it cuts to his it cuts to his face, and it's his face is just like slid. Yeah, <laughs> and he's shattered. Like, oh yeah, and he's just like oh oh okay, and then she starts to explain it um, and what she did and her rationality behind it, and he's just like oh that makes sense. Um, and damn it, I did not write down, um, God, what does he say? Well, he has this, this last little bit where he's like, you, okay, you, you beat me, but here's the deal. Like madness lives in everybody. There will be another Kishin someday. And Maka says, well, that's okay because bravery lives in everybody too. And so somebody will be there to stop that Kishin. And Osura is like, oh, if madness is in everybody, bravery is in everybody, then bravery is kind of like madness. And then he explodes. <laughs> and that's the end of the show. <laughs> yeah. And it was great. It, I, I, I kind of love the idea that like everybody has this irrationality. It's not talking about like mental illness uh, that's a different thing, and that is yes. not that's not uh, that's not something that you can brave your way out of much of the time. So, setting all of that aside, everybody has the propensity to do things that are stupid or illogical or a little uh, a little out there, and everybody has the propensity to push themselves and to be brave and to stand up for what they believe in and to stand up against things that are wrong. And I think it's really interesting to draw a direct line between the two of those things to set Mm -hmm. them as opposite possibilities for people. And to say that this is something everyone can achieve and essentially imply that all you have to do is pick which one you're going to be beholden to. Uh, And I thought it worked really well. And I thought it was a relatively inspirational final moment. Yeah, the only the oh, number one I was gonna say as a whole, this show is fantastic. Right. Um, number two, it uh, it garners a a lot of additional thought because there are moments like in episode fifty where two people seeing the exact same thing can read it completely differently, um, and it's. It's just one of those shows that has those layers to it. Um, and the final thing, which is a question that I still want answered, is if she is the embodiment of bravery that can beat Osura, explain to me why Blackstar wasn't able to also defeat Osura. <laughs> Blackstar is afraid of fucking nothing. <laughs> yeah, and to be clear, she is not like a cosmic embodiment. Like she's not some sort of like literal deity of bravery that has, you know, realized it's, it's true nature. And she is not, she's not inherently more brave than anybody else. She just harnesses it more. Uh, And so to that end, uh, I hadn't thought of that. And I don't know because (laughs) black star is not afraid of anything ever. Yeah, but I maybe it's maybe it's more like he was being the embodiment of like pridefulness instead yeah, of Yeah, I think that's the best no prize answer is just that like his motivations weren't 
I'm being brave. He wasn't overcoming fear. Uh, and honestly, his motivations were a little insane. Uh, he does have unrealistic expectations for himself. And so maybe that's it. I guess so. Anyways. Blackstar's uh, the best. <laughs> That's our coverage of, uh, of Soul Eater. Yeah, and uh, how much longer do people have to vote on the Soul Leader replacement? Because yeah, we have so, to have that in no later than by the time we record the episode that goes up a week before the replacement. So that's uh, more than a yeah. week before at the latest, but I don't know if you're running it that long. For sure. So um, if, you, if you're if you wondering when this is, uh, you will have a um, oh shit o meter, which is going to, uh, which should go into the red um, when you listen to the Naruto Shippuden episode that we are going to be covering next time, uh, because I will be pulling it down the Monday after um, we do that. Um, okay, so, so that would be the 13th, I believe, is that Monday? Yeah, you don't have a super, super long time. You have a couple of weeks to make your decision. Um, and I know it's a difficult one. And I also will say, please, please don't make me watch. <laughs> I don't want to watch Fate Stay. <laughs> but that's not winning, right? No, it's it's behind. It's it right now it's so, Avatar the Last Airbender and Kill a Kill. I, look, right. I'm I will watch both of those lovingly and I'm super excited about watching them. Have One, you ever seen a Kill a Kill? Bit, yes, I have. It is Oh, fantastic. I have it, and I've heard good and, things. That's why I put it on there. Yeah, also Kill a Kill. Uh, I, I know we're at the end of an episode, but uh, I, I'm going to give a quick plug for Kill a Kill. Um, I think it will put Blake in a very weird comfort zone, so that might be fun listening for you guys. Um, because <laughs> I'm also voting for one of these shows, but it's not Kill a Kill. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, it's it's mostly because it is uh, it, a show that makes fun of hypersexualization inside of um, in, inside of anime. Um, and so you have a lot of a lot of the moments inside of it that are just like it, your head will turn a little bit to the side, and I imagine Blake's will head head will turn all the way upside down when he watches it. Be like an so exorcism would, situation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll pea soup and everything. Um, oh yeah. So I'll be throwing anyways. up all the time. <laughs> anyways, um, stick with us after these credits, and we'll talk about what's coming up next time. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. With sound editing done by Rashad English. He's our level 10 sound wizard. Level 10? That's a lot of new levels. Well, he's been out in the waste grinding and killing low-level monsters to level up. That checks out. Our podcast is ad-free. And if you want to keep it that way, too, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash getjumped. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New episodes come out every week on your favorite podcast platform. And hey, thanks for listening. Next time on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, we're watching Naruto Shippuden, episodes 7 through 11. Look. I have something to talk to you about, which is Ninja Internet. Okay. Okay. Imagine a series of tubes. And in those tubes, they're going to send crypto analysis things.
things through there, through Jutsu, and I think... Wait a minute. I know how it's going to end up. It's just going to end up with ninja porn. Damn it. That's what the internet's for.